0: Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. Thank you so much for being with us today. We are um, getting to continue this conversation on hearing the voice of God. But today is a special day because it is what one theologian calls the birthday of the church. Uh, Today is Pentecost Sunday, and this is a huge, huge deal. This is the day after Jesus' ascension back into heaven that the Holy Spirit was given and the church really was born. And so we wanted to take uh, just some time today just to unpack that. Um, the role of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, um, and then specifically his role in the life of, of us, the church, and how it continues to move God's mission and move God's kingdom forward and to advance that. So before we dive into a couple of passages of scripture we want to study and before we get to dive into an interview, which I'm really excited for, I'm just going to go ahead and pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much Um, as we have discovered these past few weeks that you are constantly moving towards us. You are God who loves to speak, and when you speak, you create life. Lord, you create relationship. And Lord, today we'll figure out how you continue to create mission, and you advance your kingdom and how you speak. So right now, Holy Spirit, wherever we are, Lord Jesus, whether we're in a living room or a car or Um, taking a walk, Lord, we ask that you would come and interact with us, meet with us. Um, Lord, we just recognize that this space, whenever it is, if it's on a Sunday or Tuesday, Lord, that this can be holy grounds, could be a holy moment. And so we just give you permission and we yield our hearts to you. In your name we pray, amen. Uh, There is this point at the end of Jesus's ministry where he says something that to this day uh, is hard for me to grasp. He says in John 16, he says, I very truly I tell you, meaning I mean this, it is for your good or for your advantage that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, which is his title for the Holy Spirit, will not come to you, but if I go I will send him to you. Now, just pause right there. This is a radical statement because one of my favorite things to imagine is, well, man, what would I do if Jesus was hanging out with me for a day? I mean, like, let's go down to the children's hospital, right? Let's go walk around Encinitas. Um, I mean, there's so many things that I'm like, Jesus, you're right here. And then he looks at his disciples right before he goes to the cross and he says, listen, I'm about to go away. But it's for your advantage. You're, this is going to help you because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't come. So just, that just frames how significant the role of the Holy Spirit is in the mind of Christ. And so the question really we're left with is, do we carry with us that same sense of gratitude, of expectation on the Holy Spirit? Or do we just, you know, appreciate the Holy Spirit? But man, it'd be great to have Jesus back. That's not how Jesus thinks. He goes on to say in verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine and so for, for Jesus he says, listen, everything the Holy Spirit will speak to you comes from me. Everything that I have has been given to me from the Father And so there is just layers that are being stripped back in this conversation conversation that Jesus is saying listen the Holy Spirit is a huge huge advantage to you. Now, I want to stop right there because I don't want to assume that people watching this know even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there seems to be this father character, there's Jesus, there's this Holy Spirit. And in in Orthodox Christian faith, this is what is called the Trinity, that God is one and within our one God is made up of three persons, And they are one but separate. They reveal and act in different ways. All of it is out of love and preferring one another, glorifying one another. It is this beautiful thing uh, that that you can spend your whole life diving into. But just for us, before we dive into Pentecost Sunday, what happened in Acts chapter 2, just for us to understand who is the Holy Spirit, just a couple of things to consider. Uh, you don't have to go far in the Bible to figure out where the spirit is. Listen to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Tohu vavohu is what it says in the Hebrew. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now check this out. So there's this, there's this chaotic. Um, kind of volatile mass of something that's going on that has no form, there's no beauty, there's no order to it. And yet it says right here that the spirit, um, that the spirit of God was was hovering over the waters. So there is a sense that in the very beginning there is this creator God who speaks. Later on John refers that to Jesus. So here, the, the father, the creator of Jesus who's speaking, and then there is this spirit hovering over his chaos, and the next thing that happens is that light comes into being, and order begins to start being formed. Beauty starts being formed, and this chaotic nothingness, this tohu vavohu, the Hebrews would say, begins to come into alignment. It becomes this symphony working together, and over all of it is this spirit And this is how we're introduced to the role of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit really shows up the next time explicitly, which shouldn't surprise us, uh, when he comes and fills the heart of an artist who is making the tabernacle. And the tabernacle, again, this is hundreds of years later is when the people have, of God have been rescued from the oppression of Egypt, and they're in the wilderness, and God says, I want you to create a space for my presence. And he gives them very specific designs, and what theologians have found out is that the design and the symbols of the tabernacle actually are recreating the Garden of Eden. And so these are all garden imagery within the temple, and the person, the artist, um, who's creating this, is the very first person we see being filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to read this to you. This is, this is fascinating to me. Our Exodus 35, verse 30 says, Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God. With wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. I mean, this is the, this is the, the Michelangelo of the ancient Hebrews. And this is the very first person we see being filled with the spirit of God. And what is he doing? He's taking, um, He's just taking things that were already in the earth and he forms them into order and into the beauty to what? To welcome the presence of God in the middle of God's people. And so this is how we're introduced to the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, as the story of Israel continues, the people of God continues, what we find is that this this relational God has made these, these terms of relationship called a covenant. And simply says, I'm here for you. I want you to be mine. Follow these these covenant, these relational rules to remain faithful to each other. Um, Israel, like us, um, is unfaithful to God. And there's these patterns of renewal, of, tr- of repentance, of trying to get back, and then it curves off. It's really the whole story arc of the Old Testament are these moments of they We fail to live up to the covenant. God is gracious, brings us back to himself. But there comes this time when Israel is now sitting in the mess that they have created. And a prophet named Ezekiel comes and he says this. says, for I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from the old countries and bring you back into your own land. At this point, they're in exile. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And so there is this. This greater narrative happening in the Old Testament of the Spirit of God coming into chaos, bringing order, restoring relationship, us not yielding to the Spirit, but there comes these prophecies, these promises in Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel of there's going to come a day when the Spirit is going to come. And when the Spirit comes, He's going to give you a new heart. He's not just going to give you rules. Those rules are going to be written on your heart. Heart. So this shouldn't shock us that when Jesus shows up on the scene, he has this sort of elevated understanding of when the Spirit comes. Not just because he's God and he's familiar with the, the third person of the Trinity, but because he's been telling us this all along. He says, when the Spirit of God comes, he's going to speak to you. He's going to lead you. He's going to, he's going to carry the mission of God. Forward. And that's what today is all about. That's what Pentecost is all about. It's the day when the Spirit shows up, not just on a person, not just in a moment, but in the church. And the church just begins to spread. Um, And the world has never been the same since. And I've been so excited for this Sunday for a couple of reasons. One is we have been talking a lot about hearing God's voice, but we framed it very personally we framed it very much in terms of what this means for you, God speaking to you, which by the way, all of that is so significant. Um, We have a huge emphasis on abiding in this church, that if we are not being with Jesus, we're not going to be able to do what he did. But there is, it would be incomplete for us to talk about the voice of God. It'd be incomplete for us to talk about the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, without changing over to the other side of the coin to see when God speaks, not only does he speak to us and for us, but he speaks for us to be moved into his mission, into the kingdom of God. And to help me explore that, um, I have invited uh, someone who's become a good friend of mine, um, somewhat of a mentor of mine who's spoken deeply into my life, um, and this is Ron Ford. And so if you've not had the chance to meet Ron Ford, I wanted to introduce digitally to you, uh, Ron. Ron has been a pastor for um, how many years were you were pastoring people?
1: Um, boy, started in 1984.
0: Um, uh, so for so for years and years and years, Ron has been pastoring as a church planter. He's from Millery, San Diego, and... Um, a while ago, you and your wife started attending light, and it was such a blessing to me to have someone who was, had poured into so many people and patched so many people to be able to sit. And now, um, every time we get coffee, I just learn and receive so much. And a, a passion of yours as you stepped into this new season of ministry has been this passion to equip around these lines that, That everyone, not just the person on the platform, but everyone has the ability to be filled with the Spirit to carry out the gospel of the kingdom, the the kingdom of God. And so I would love, can you just talk to um, us a little bit about the role of the Holy Spirit we're talking about today and his role in empowering every believer to go and, and carry out this thing called, called the kingdom, and maybe you can kind of expand. What what is it that God is trying to accomplish here on the earth? Why why did the Spirit come, and what is He doing even now in two thousand twenty one um, in our church? Well,
1: there's a lot there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, thinking about Pentecost, the the passage in Acts two when Peter preaches, he he refers quotes from Joel, uh, that that this outpouring was going to come, that God was going to send the Spirit. And, you know, a lot of people think of that, I don't think consciously, but it just sort of feels like, you know, there's all this spiritual stuff and religious stuff in the Bible. There's these things that God does, and it's real. Okay, we believe in God. He's real. And he really did deliver them, and he really did speak, and he really did visit the temple, and he really did call this person. All those, all those things happened, and, and we can look at him and think, wow, that was cool. I wish I had been there. I wish they'd happened to me, mm. you know, that, that sort of thing. And then here's this big event where the Holy Spirit's poured out at Pentecost, and boom, there's, like you said, the birth of the church, and this, this amazing thing happens. But it, it can seem sort of like a one-off thing, like, like God was doing this, and then God was doing that. We don't know why he's doing all these different things that are spread out in the bible you know starting in genesis and then through the through the kings and through the through the different books of the prophets and then to jesus and then acts and then the, the letters of paul and we end up at book of revelation it's like all these things happened and here's another one here's a big one just sort of a maybe god got bored and thought you know i've been doing this other thing for a while i think i'll i think i'll pour out the holy spirit on all of them and and see what happens there but actually and, and you refer to this the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was part of the story. It was a key part of the story, the same story, the story that started in Genesis. and went through um, the the Torah, and it went through the the history books, and it went through the the Psalms, and it went through all the the times of rebellion and coming back and the prophets speaking to them. And And it comes to Jesus, who is the center of everything, and, and then as, as Jesus has, has established in the gospel the, the plans and purposes of God that began in Genesis, as he does that, the next step is to pour out the Spirit into his people. And I think that's really the key, is to see that there's this one story. The Bible is one story. And our place, all, all the folks here at Light and this community and around the world, we're all part of this one story that has um, purpose, it has meaning, it's, it's where the life is, it's all centered around Jesus. You talk about the, the, the kingdom, the kingdom of course is really the, the backbone of the story. It, it begins with the sovereign creator creating. It, it proceeds with the Sovereign Creator setting up the world, bringing it into order. Um, and, you know, interestingly, um, he never intended to just make a clock, wind up the clock, and let it run. Deism believes that that's sort of what God does. He He made everything, and it, it works, it's a balanced machine, and then he left. He's on vacation. He's doesn't really have anything to do with this this place. And yet that's not the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is that God created all of this out of love, that he might create a place and us in it that he could love us and we could love him. And even more than that, that this place that he created, which is really created for us, that we with him would be actively involved partnering with him in the management of it, the running of it. What he, what he began as the, as the Holy Spirit hovered over the chaos and began to bring it into order, the six days of creation, and he plants the garden in Genesis 2, and he, and he puts man and woman in the garden. He had brought order to Eden, and Eden was his throne. Eden was where he ruled from, and he put Adam and Eve, humans, as image bearers, there with him. And the plan was that from there working with him, we now have responsibility, Adam and Eve and all their progeny, to continue that work of bringing order to all of the rest of creation. To
0: tend the garden,
1: right? yeah. to
0: continue this work.
1: Yeah, so, so that ultimately the whole world mm. is brought into order. The whole world is filled with the presence of God and filled with children mm. they were to be fruitful and multiply and and fill it and order it and subdue it and tend it and love it all in God's presence and relationship with him representing him and by his power mm. and that's key
0: yeah yeah there's a uh... Uh, there's uh, there's some things that you said here that think are so key that there's there's a collaboration that, that God is designed from the very beginning to be with us, which really sets up the the great conflict of the story, right? The, the, what you want to call it, the fall or original sin, that um, there's a, there's a, a severing of that relationship, yeah. and which is the whole. Uh, the role of Jesus coming into his place is to amend that, right? To bring those relationships back into the order, culminating at the cross. Um, But I think a lot of times, we think the story kind of ends there. Like that Jesus came, right? And and through the cross has brought us back into relationship uh, with God. But what you're describing is that's, Although we are designed for relationship, it wasn't just relationship that stops there. It was a relationship with a task. It was to carry on this, this work of, of creating beauty and order and renewal, the, the life in the kingdom. That is why Jesus, and we talk about so often, the number one thing Jesus talked about more than anything else was this idea of a kingdom, the domain of God's rule and reign here on the earth. And so the cross, the resurrection happens and we are brought back into that. And a part of that story, a pivotal part of that story is that up to that point, God's presence dwelt in one singular place, that kind of the holy place, the holy of holies. And there's this part in the gospels that talks about that veil tears right from top to bottom. And so now we have this, we have these, these two massive things happening. We have one, uh, and, and a connection point we now can come into the presence of god the second thing is the spirit has now come out to us and has come empowered us that there is still a world that has been i love tim has been vandalized by sin and that we are to go and to tend that garden to bring restoration and redemption healing forgiveness love and and but you said something so key of uh, There's element of power and so i want to just maybe expound on that a little bit i know acts one verse eight when jesus right before he goes up to heaven says, wait here you know and they're going to be praying for the next few days wait um for when the holy spirit comes on you and he will come and empower you to be my mm-hmm. witnesses and things yeah. like that so can you talk to us a little bit more about that that why do we need this power and yeah. what is he empowering us to do yeah
1: So it's all, again, it's about story. Um, What's hard for for a lot of people to be able to really get it and understand who they are and and what life with Jesus is purposefully to be about, is we have this story in our head that the real problem is that God, when he created, he set everything up, he set these standards, he put us on the earth, he said, now obey these standards. Of course, we didn't. And in in the the sin of the garden, uh, what Adam and Eve did in blowing it was they basically let the fox into the hen house. By by um, by turning away from God in in rebellion, they made place for. Of course, they turned in idolatry and, and obeyed Satan instead of God, and and at that point it the earth went to hell in a handbasket. Now, now the world is ruled, the kingdom of darkness is on the earth and all that sort of thing. And so people would, in that if that's the story, they would think in terms of the kingdom of God as well, you know, we look at God and he, he's still the king, he's still in charge, he still created everything. Here's this earth that's being ruled and, and dominated by the principalities and the powers and the dark forces and demons and the evil people and all this sort of thing. And here's these poor, you know, Few that want to serve God and, and love Him, and and but God's still in charge, and so every so often we see through the Bible these places where He kind of punches down and He does something, He breaks through and He He corrects something, or He puts somebody in their place, or defeats something, and and you know showing that hey I'm I'm still the King, you know I'm I'm still in charge, and um, it, it, that story is really hard to pull all the pieces together, and here we are in the 21st century, and it's like. Okay, right. you know, here's here's you know, I, I love Jesus, and I'm in this this place, and God, you're still King, and there's all this darkness around us. Seems like it's getting worse, you know. Uh, wow, what are we gonna do? Um, but that's not really the story of the Bible. Mm. the The story I believe is the more accurate story is that when when God brought order out of the creation, He was setting up. Um, a place, a temple, to create, ordering creation to be a place in which he would dwell and from which he would rule on the earth. The key is on earth as in heaven. The key to understanding the kingdom of God is on earth as in heaven. It's, prayer, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. that's why Jesus told the disciples to pray that because that's, that's the center that makes sense of everything else. Wow. God is king, okay? He, no, no world, no stars, No, he's still king. Yeah. But he created, the king created uh, all that there is. And in this place of, of uh, order that he created in the Eden, he placed Adam and Eve as, as his image to represent him in his presence, in relationship with him, and commissioned them and gave them responsibility and authority And power to continue the work of bringing the earth into order, to subdue what needed to be subdued, to bless and nurture and to multiply and to fill it until ultimately the earth is filled with the glory of God and the joy of His presence. They, They had everything that they needed to do that in relationship with Him. The problem was temptation. The problem was idolatry of of choosing to worship something other than God. And it did, it did mess everything up. Um, but the problem is the relationship was broken. The problem was that they they in their rebellion, in their treason, in their relationship, they were they were vice-regents. They were in authority on this earth. And they turned from the king and and worshiped something that wasn't the king. And so it, it, it made a mess. It was a crisis. It was a, it was a tragedy. But the whole story of the Bible is to recover that. It's not just to defeat the bad guys, get the darkness out of the earth. Actually, the devil and principalities and powers, all of those things are under God's dominion. They, they, on the cross, Jesus humiliated them. He, he broke their power completely. The principalities and powers, sin, death, all of that was defeated uh, through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Um, But the goal of the gospel was that we would be restored to our place as image bearers in the earth. So why did Pentecost happen? Because we need power. We need relationship. You know, I, I, Jesus. Jesus fixed it. Jesus solved it um, through His death, burial, and resurrection. You take all the things that it says about about Jesus. Well, He 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 dealt with the issue of our of our sin and achieved forgiveness for us. He reconciled us to the Father, um, and uh, you know He He put our lives back together. Um, and through through His resurrection, I mean, through, the, uh, through the, His ascension and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, He gave us the ability. He gave us, restored us to our place through His death, burial, and resurrection. Right. And through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, He gave us what we need to be transformed because we've been so broken to put us back together. Um, and, and so that we could actually function as we were created to function. So that's what, that's what Pentecost is all about. It's not just a, wow, this is a great, crazy thing that really tipped Jerusalem on its end. It was the next big step in establishing these followers of Jesus um, in their place and in their function. I, th- I think of it like this. I'm created in the image of God. As a disciple of Jesus, I'm being restored to what? to my responsibility, to my authority, and to my power to manifest and to manage the goodwill and purposes of the sovereign creator on earth as in heaven. That's, that's what life is. That's what the, the Christian life is. It's, it's living in this purpose. It's not, it's not just finding exciting things that happen or entertaining, you know, thinking of life as a journey. Some people, some Christians think of their life, it's sort of like taking a journey on an airplane. Get your ticket, get on the plane, snuggle in, put your headset on, maybe read a book, and kind of just zone and stay safe from here to there when you arrive. We try and live our life that way, just protected and not involved, just doing my thing and all that sort of thing. Uh, some people think of this journey as more like a train ride. Get your ticket, you get on the train. That's a little bit more complicated because if you, if you travel across country, you know, there's maybe times when you have to change trains and you have to get off the train and, and navigate the dangers and safely get back on the train. And, and ultimately, though, you, after this long and arduous journey, keeping it together, staying safe, we, we get to the, to the destination. When I think about the gospel I think about what what Jesus has really done I think it's more like driving a car and not just driving a car but a delivery truck that we're we're on a journey and we're going across country but we're going for a purpose we're, we've got we you know Jesus said freely you've received freely give that's that's a delivery truck yeah. our life is about bringing to people the goodness of God, and the grace of God, and the mercy of God, and the reconciliation with God. And, and we need power to do that. We can't do that on our own. We, we have we go out and try and talk to people. But if the gifts of the Spirit are operating, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, as Jesus was filled without measure, we can, we can continue to do what He was doing on that same principle. Wow. So that's what the gifts of the Spirit are. It's simple. It's not... It's not merit badges. Yeah, it's, it's just simply the tools of the trade. It's, yeah. it's, what, it's what we need to be able to do what needs to be done. Imagine what the world would be like if it, if, if it was filled with disciples of Jesus who loved Him dearly, who were filled with the Spirit, and who every day were on deck and on duty and ready to say what He's saying, And do what he's doing, bring in love and compassion and healing and revelation. Encounters with God into the lives of the people that we live around and we work around. And and if we came together, every, every meeting is not just a Christian gathering, but it's a sharing of of the presence of the Lord and the Word of the Lord and the ministry of the Lord. Because that's what we do. We're putting. Lives in order. We're putting the world in order, person by person.
0: That makes so much more sense. Like, if we're, if we think we're the only part of the journey, then like, let's pick an airplane, maybe a train. Let's just, let's hunker down, isolate, or just protect ourselves to get us there. But if we see ourselves on mission, we see ourselves as that delivery truck that we have. We're bringing something, and I love. There's so many things you just said. I just want to kind of circle back to you that we are bringing something here, all of a sudden it starts to make sense. And I think one thing I love about our conversation with you is you're just adamant, like, this is for everyone. Mm -hmm. This isn't for, like, the pastors, the worship leaders, the people who've been doing this. This is for everyone. If you're watching this, you are a bringer of this kingdom, a bringer of this beauty and order and restoration in the kingdom. And, um, and that phrase he said I think was so good that why do we need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit empowers us to be transformed and then to bring transformation and I'm like I mean I think that's kind of it like we can't change ourselves we don't have the strength or the energy or the ability to change with apart from the Holy Spirit. I just think about Galatians 5 and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You, we So many times we chase these virtues like love and self-control and kindness and patience, but those are not virtues that we cultivate as much as they're fruit that bear from the Holy Spirit. But I love, like from the day of Pentecost, which by the way, we haven't read that text, but please read Acts chapter two. It's fascinating and wild. But you everything changes from that moment. Specifically, our those two things, those people are transformed. They went from like just they're on the airplane trying to get somewhere to all of a sudden, oh no, we're the delivery truck drivers. We are bringing something. And they do right then and there. Peter's a different person. He begins to start preaching. They are filled. they have different languages and tongues. And so all of a sudden, all these different ethnicities and races from around the world that were there to celebrate one feast now go out as delivery truck drivers, as missionaries, Not only because they're transformed, but now they're bringing transformation. And like you said, the key is on earth as it is in heaven. So we are bringing, cultivating the garden reality, the kingdom of God everywhere we go. And I just think about what happens next in the story. You see a a community developed, right? It says no one had any need among them. Everyone had in common. They broke bread every day. They're committed to the teachings. Acts chapter four, uh, we see... Peter and John walking to the temple that they would have walked a thousand times, but they like see someone and before they even bring healing or things like they're just telling like, look at me.
1: Yeah.
0: Like they, they see differently. The Holy Spirit like transforms how we see people. Um, Ananias converts Paul. I mean, Paul, like who, who was at that time Saul. Like you see all these people, they are different people because of the death and resurrection of Jesus and now empowered by the Spirit they can't help, but their transformed self is now transforming the world around us. So mm-hmm. I know I, I know we're just scratching the, the surface here, but could you do me a favor? If I'm just, maybe I'm new to faith. I just started following Jesus this past year. And this all sounds good, but you're just like, well, what do I have to bring? You know, I don't know that much. And you're telling me that, like, uh, the Holy Spirit... Can fill me, and then he wants to use me. Um, where do we begin? You know, um, like how do we actually put this into practice when we go to work tomorrow or things like that? How do we think differently? How do we act differently because of this good news that the Holy Spirit is is here? He's filled the church.
1: You mentioned um, Acts two. Uh, it's it's been wonderful. Sitting here week after week, as you've been uh, teaching us so well, there's, there's, a, there's real grace on you, and I, I appreciate it very much. As you've been calling people to look with expectation for the Lord to speak to them, that, that God loves you, and it's right for that love to be a relationship where you hear. So I would, I would say to folks begin there. That's 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 cultivate a relationship, get to know Jesus, mm-hmm. read the Gospels over and over again, and look at Jesus and listen to Jesus, fall in love with Jesus, and talk to the Father. But I want to I want to read a little bit of the the Acts thing. Um, in the last days, this is quoting Joel. In the last days. It shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And then the last verse is, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So again, to those that this is new to, This this passage here, as you pointed out, is the turning point. It's the launching of the church, and it also shows the natural uh, evolution of this relationship with the Father, because not only in His love for us does He give us His voice that we might hear Him speaking to us and comforting us and guiding us. But we also are res- given His voice that He might speak through us. Mm. And it's not just one or two. It's not just the people up front. It's not just the, the most anointed and the most mature. It's all your sons and mm. all your daughters. It's, this is the heritage. Everybody yeah. drives the truck. Yeah. Everybody. Nobody's exempt. Now we can sit it out. You can say, no, no, I don't I don't want to do that, or I'm too afraid, or I'm not ready yet. But everybody's called. Because this isn't this isn't an extraordinary thing. It's not an, an extra add-on. Hey, it'd be fun. You know, you want to have a you know a really you like working out, so you want to try climbing a cliff over here. That'd be a special thing to do, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. That's not what this is. This is this is the garden variety, everybody. In, in whatever place and in whatever way, by the power of the Holy Spirit who fills us, we are to be at work with Jesus, bringing God's order in people's lives, in our families, in our communities. And that is the voice speaking to us and the voice of God speaking through us, which is what he's, he's promising here in this passage. So next.
0: good. I love what you said, acting with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, so thank you so much, Ron. I, I, I wanted you to pray for us, but just a couple closing thoughts. Um, we, we as a church believe that God is already at work. The cool thing is you're not going to bring God anywhere. He's already there. Yeah. God's been working in your cities, your workplaces, your schools, your family, your spouse, long before you decided to pay attention. Um, so that's our first assumption God is already at work. Um, second thing is we see the spirit again and again he comes to bring restoration order beauty where there is brokenness darkness chaos so pay attention to that in, in your life if you see something that is out of order that is broken that does not resemble the kingdom reality and god just he highlights that um partner with god i know it sounds like that that's exactly what ron was just talking about we are we are co-laborers with christ we work alongside god and not on our own strength but empowered with the spirit so what is that thing that you just can't help to be passionate about like that and in bringing the both the message and the ministry of reconciliation is what paul talks about so whether it's it's something you need to speak the holy spirit puts on your heart something you need to do the holy spirit puts on your heart i would just say just start just start Paying attention, partner with God, be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the only only first step you need to do, and what Ron pointed out is, that needs to flow out of your relationship with Jesus. So if you try and do and do and do without first being with Jesus, that well will run dry. We are relational beings. We're meant to be in communion with, with God. So keep going back to that. But let's, as a church, if I can just exhort us, let's have our eyes wide open this week. Um, the Spirit of God is at, is at work in Encinitas and Carlsbad and Escondido and Vista and Del Mar. God is, is already at work in the city of San Diego or San Francisco or Pennsylvania. I know there's some other groups watching this. He's at work in your cities. Let's have our eyes open to how He wants to partner with us because the Holy Spirit will transform us and then let us be agents of transformation Um, So, Ron, thank you so much. Would you pray for our community, pray for our church, Mm -hmm. Um, just as the Holy Spirit would fill us, open our eyes and empower us to go and move? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Father, I thank you for this precious thing that you're doing in this generation at this time and in this place. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and fill Mm filled to overflowing. We, uh, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge your right to rule and to lead the church. No, yes. you know, Benji and Jen honor you and they give place to you and the leaders that are gathering here are, are submitted to you. And so we, everybody that's listening now, I just invite you to pray with me and say, Lord, come, come Holy yes. Spirit and fill yes. this community yes. with Holy the presence Spirit. of Jesus, with the words of the Lord, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would guard and protect um, this young plant that is beginning to take root and beginning to stretch out. Um, Lord, we, we know that the enemy resists everything that you do through your people. But we know also that Jesus, you humiliated the principalities and mm-hmm. powers. You, you broke their back. And they, they, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the advance of your people walking in Jesus by the power of your spirit, in step with your leading. And so we pray, Father, for your protection over the weak and the vulnerable and the newbies. We pray, Father, for your wisdom, for every decision that needs to be made. Mm -hmm in the small groups and in the board and in, mm. in the, the teaching ministries and the various things that go on, the ministry planning. Lord, we, we pray for wisdom beyond um, their age. I ask for wisdom from God beyond what they've already gathered through experience, that your wisdom, Lord, would, would build um, very strong foundations for what's coming. And and Lord, we we ask for a move of your spirit that would just sweep across the communities here in San Diego County. Lord, there is a harvest to be brought in, uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands Mm. of people that do not have relationship. They are image bearers uh, that are living in disconnect from you and you, you love them, Father. And We just pray for your love to pour through your people and lift Jesus up that he might draw all men to himself. Mm. And Lord, I, I pray for this, this congregation here that they would have the ability and the strength and the resources to do everything that you've called them to do, that we might see fruit that lasts, that we might see uh, the community built And people added to the church daily, not just coming through meetings, but added into the community so that they learn to live the life of Jesus together, that we might do the ministry of Jesus together. Mm. I bless you, Lord. I thank you for your faithfulness to your people for the last 2,000 years and for your continued faithfulness to your kingdom purposes. Mm. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com.